episode of the JP Hoops podcast brought to you by Book It Sports. As always, it's your boy Justin Pora. We're getting back on schedule this week. If uh, you're looking for all-star game content on what my opinion is on the selections, check out the last episode. I did something on Tuesday night right after the reserves were announced. I went off on the idea that Devin Booker is not on the all-star reserves It's absolutely mind-boggling to me. It doesn't make any sense how Chris Paul, who is the second best player on the team, doesn't make it over the best player on the team. That is Devin Booker. But if you want to listen to my thoughts on that, go check out Tuesday's pod. I'm recording this Wednesday morning, February 24th. Getting back on track on Friday, we'll have a regular Friday episode. And then Tuesday of next week, will be the last full episode before the All-Star break. And then we got something really fun coming to you next Friday. So be on the lookout for that. As always, though, this episode is brought to you by the wonderful people at Book It Sports. Go get the Book It Sports app. It's the best social media community for all sports lovers and sports gamblers. I've been responsibly tired from gambling over the past weekend and a couple of days or so. So I haven't really been posting my picks. However, I am getting back on the horse tonight. And I think both primetime games on ESPN have a lot of potential. So be on the lookout for my picks. Follow me on the Book It Sports app at Pora And give Book It a follow on Twitter at BookItHQ. We have a lot to get to. Haven't had a full episode since last Tuesday. So we'll be covering the Ope of the Week. We'll be covering the DeMarcus Cousins situation as he's been released from the Houston Rockets, some potential landing spots for him, and we'll get into some other important things. But now, we have to really start to take in how good this Brooklyn Nets team is. And I knew that they were the favorites to come out of the Eastern Conference once they acquired James Harden. But I also was on the record saying that I don't think they're as complete a team as the Philadelphia 76ers in the Eastern Conference. I didn't think that they could play the defense capable of winning an NBA championship. And I still think that they're a team that has flaws. They're not perfect. But I don't think any team in this league is perfect. And they just went on a West Coast road trip. And it's not like they played any scrub teams. They played the Kings twice, but other than that, they played all winning teams in the Eastern Conference. And they absolutely ran through them. 5-0 and in a West Coast road stand. That includes beating the Warriors Saturday night primetime by double digits. They beat the Kings. Then they beat the Suns in a sweat. That was the second game of a back-to-back after the Kings game. Two days later, they beat the Lakers by double digits. And then three days after that, they go to the death with the the Los Angeles Clippers, and they come out with a win then. And the only game that Kevin Durant played was that first Warriors game. Other than that, it's been the Kyrie and Harden show 
with a great collection of characters around them, including Joe Harris, DeAndre Jordan, Bruce Brown. I mean, guys that you would have never thought would be high-impact players for this Brooklyn Nets team. And it's incredible that this is probably the best offense we've ever seen in NBA history. The Warriors might have moved the ball better. They might have had more shooters. But they didn't have the pure skill that the three-headed monster in Brooklyn has. And we're not even seeing them at full form yet. Steve Nash is being extra cautious with Kevin Durant, and for good reason, because they're not losing any games with him on the bench. They're letting Kyrie and Harden get their backcourt chemistry. Kyrie has already surrendered point guard duties to Harden. They're running their own show, getting the other role players competent and involved so that when these big moments start to arise, they know that they're capable of getting it done. And then when KD comes back, we already know that he is more than okay with taking fewer shots because we saw what he did in Golden State. He just creeped around, picked his spots, and whenever he got the ball, he made something happen or he found a guy like Curry and Clay to hit shots for him. That's going to be the same thing with Kyrie and Harden. They're doing it on their own without him right now. And you look at, yes, they lost some games earlier in the season that were real head scratchers. They lost to the Pistons. They lost to the Wizards. But when you look at it, at this point in time, Wednesday, February 24th, about 30 games into the 72-game season, against teams with a record of 500 or better, Brooklyn's 11-1 against those teams. They only lost one game, and it was to the Philadelphia 76ers. So it's really something we got to take in. Because I'm not sure if anyone in the Eastern Conference can compete with them, and if anyone in the Western Conference can go seven games with this offensive firepower. And what is their issue? They're suspect on defense. And that's at best. But they played the Lakers, held them under 100 points. They play Kawhi Leonard, Paul George. 108 points? Eh, not too bad. It just has to come on a consistent basis. And that grows with chemistry. And they're going to be in the market for a big man, which we'll get into in a little bit. But I think they'll look for someone who's better at protecting the rim. And when you look at the Eastern Conference, the teams that they're going to be dealing with, Joel Embiid, Giannis Antetokounmpo, DeMontis Sabonis, Bam Adebayo, Pascal Siakam, they're going to have to find some way to protect the paint. But if that's their only issue, I I don't think that that's a massive problem to have, especially when you're scoring an NBA historic clip every single night with offensive efficiency. And they're great. They, they had another, you know, Bruce Brown had 29 points Tuesday night against the Kings. I mean, it, it's not even the superstars have to get it done every single night. They're, they're incredible. And credit to Steve Nash in year one, 
I mean, you have an embarrassment of riches and talent, probably a collection of talent we've never seen at the scoring level as these three before. But this is what we expected from them. It's what we're getting. Have to see it, you know, complete its process throughout the entire season. Man, the Nets are scary good and still the favorite to come out of the Eastern Conference. All right, let's talk about DeMarcus Cousins. The situation to me seemed a little off because a couple days before it was reported that Cousins was going to get released from Houston, his contract became fully guaranteed. He's been playing not at the level of Boogie Cousins in his prime, but he's been better than I think a lot of people kind of remembered him to be. I think he, he was efficient for Houston. You know, obviously all the antics and getting the technicals, that never goes away. But he was scoring. He was rebounding. He was a veteran presence. They It just was an off fit because Houston is a team looking to rebuild, looking to develop a young core, and Boogie Cousins is someone who's trying to win, and he's trying to, to find a role in the NBA and join a contending team. So we have to think of which teams are realistic options for DeMarcus Cousins. And to me, the one that makes the most sense is a reunion with the Los Angeles Lakers. They gave him a ring for last year, even though he did he even play at all with the Lakers. Definitely not in the playoffs. And it just makes sense now because you look at how the Lakers are constructed. And ever since Anthony Davis, you know, has officially been sidelined for at least four weeks, it seems like it's going to be much longer than that. They have been missing something. You know, we saw them lose to the Nets. We saw them lose to the Miami Heat, both in prime time. They lost to the Wizards in overtime on Monday. They're just missing a spark. And I think it's more on the offensive side than the defensive side. And I think that's where Cousins could really help Los Angeles. And, you know, you can't expect him to be Anthony Davis. I don't think anyone could expect any player in the league to act like an Anthony Davis. But... When you are losing a top three big man in the league and you're, you really want to keep pace in the regular season because the West is loaded, the Jazz are running away with the one seed, the Clippers are now on your tail, you want that home court advantage. And you don't want to play the sixth seed in the West. There's going to be a massive difference between the sixth, seventh, and eighth seed in the Western Conference. I'll tell you that. I wouldn't want to play Damian Lillard or Luka Doncic or Zion Williamson right now. That's what it's looking like if you're going to be toward the middle of that pack. Or even worse, you could get hit with Phoenix or Denver, who I would expect to be around the 4-5 seeds. So they need some scoring. I think that's the big problem. When they played the Nets in the heat, they didn't get over 100 points. And in the end, that was to their detriment. So I think they need a veteran presence because that's what the team is now. All the young guys kind of got out of town. You know, everyone still thinks, I guess, of Kuzma as the young guy. That's not him anymore. It's Talon Horton Tucker, and that's really it. They just got rid of Quinn Cook. So I think it just makes 
maybe a little too much sense. I don't know if, if Boogie, you know, I don't know why he wouldn't welcome a reunion. Obviously, the relationship's good. They give him the ring and all that, even for hardly contributing. And I think that the fit is there that, you know, they need scoring, and that's something he could provide, especially in the front court. I mentioned the Nets. They're going to be in the market for a center. I would expect them to lean towards getting a defensive center. You know, I think they're kind of crossing their fingers, praying to God that Andre Drummond gets bought out so they could sign him. I Because they're not going to be able to trade for Andre Drummond. They don't have the capital, whether through the draft or the players, really. But if he's on the market, I mean, in that it's a perfect fit. Because he's a guy who could rebound, a guy who could defend. And then at that point, I don't see any team beating Brooklyn. I think that would be the final straw. But as of right now, that's their biggest weakness, defense. So DeMarcus Cousins really wouldn't work in there. Look at other contenders. Utah, no, they have their center. Philly, no, they have their center. How about the Milwaukee Bucks? Yes, they have Brooke Lopez, but maybe a little tandem combination. You keep one of those guys on the floor all the time. I mean, the Bucks really need to start figuring something out. They hit a big losing skid. They started, you know, their schedule really lightened up a little bit. They started winning a couple of games, but they are, they're in trouble. And I've been saying it, they're in trouble with the way that Giannis plays and this surrounding cast of characters that I just, I don't see them being good enough and Giannis being enough of an alpha male on the team to lead them to any tangible success, especially with the way the NBA is this year and that Eastern Conference that is loaded. The Toronto Raptors beat them twice in Milwaukee. The Raptor, and now all of a sudden the Raptors got hot. So they're coming up on the Bucks, And the Nets are better. And the Sixers are better. Those are definitive statements. I think that the Bucks are better than the Celtics. And then... You know, that's the sixth seed in the Eastern Conference and everyone down from there. Maybe if the Heat turned around, they're better than the Bucks. We saw it last year. They won in five games. But I think if you look one through five in the Eastern Conference, the Bucks are the worst team. So they're going to have to make some moves. I don't see, I just don't see it with Milwaukee, man. And, you know, I have a lot of friends that are big Giannis guys and guys that agree with me on Giannis. And I'm just not seeing it. A two-time MVP who is shying away from these last shots can't hit free throws in big moments. Yes, he's a defensive player of the year. That's really it. So with the trade deadline coming up, we're, we're officially 29 days away from the trade deadline. And then there's going to be all the waiver pickups and otherwise. They're going to have to do something. And yes, Drew Holiday is coming back. But at this point in time, you know, the Bucks are in trouble. And they need they need some saving. And I think it's going to take a move to do it. Is DeMarcus Cousins the, the option? I don't know. I think it'll be an interesting situation if you run him with Brooke Lopez. And, you know, Bobby Portis works his way in there as well. Not really your traditional center, Portis. Cousins is a little bigger. 
But they, they got to do something. It's not working out, whatever it is. And, you know, I think they're probably second in line for Cousins behind the Lakers. And I think the Lakers really need him. So that's my prediction, Boogie to the Lakers. So if you listen to yesterday's podcast, which I advise that you do, I said that I only had two small problems with the starting lineups for the All-Star game. The Eastern Conference, it was even more dumb because it was the captainship. I think the team was constructed fine, but I think it should have been Embiid a captain rather than Kevin Durant, whatever. My other problem in the Western Conference was that Luka Doncic was starting over Damian Lillard, and I thought it was a respect thing. I think Damian Lillard paid his dues, even though they're basically the same type of player. And Luka Doncic proved that even more so Tuesday night when he terrorized the Boston Celtics in the last minute of that game. And that included hitting almost the exact same shot he hit against the Clippers in uh, the bubble to win the game against Boston last night in Dallas. He's a stud. And when you look at him, I think his comparison in the league right now is Damian Lillard. And I just think he's a better passer than Damian Lillard. They both have the handle. They both have the sauce. They both have unreal green light 24-7 confidence to take and make any shot in any big moment. They both have crazy IQ. They're both amazing point guards on the offensive side of the ball. And they're both leaders of their team. And if you took either of them away from their teams, they would both be terrible basketball teams, Portland and Dallas. And Luka is doing this at, uh, he's my age, at 22 years old, which is unfathomable to me. Someone who just came from Spain, playing with Real Madrid, now playing with the Dallas Mavericks. Unreal talent. And, you know, after watching the game last night, and um, he's uh, averaging near triple-double numbers with the assists and rebounds. That's his one true advantage over Damian Lillard if you look at statistics. But, I mean, he is insane. And it's just a testament to the talent in the league. Damian Lillard and Luka Doncic are both amazing. I don't think anyone on the planet is going to debate you on that. Luka's working into that, you know, top three-point guard in the league conversation with... Kyrie Irving, Stephen Curry, and Damian Lillard. You could argue Luka is, give him a year. Now Kyrie's not really playing point guard. Where does he fit into that? Is he three? Is he in the top three? He's incredible. And he, uh, I mean, I wasn't really taking a shot at him because I said that it was neck and neck and it was a small problem. But he is at Damian Lillard-esque level. They both do a lot of the same things. I prefer Dame. And again, when you talk about the All-Star game, I think, you know, give the guy who's been there more credit than the guy that hasn't. So I would have rather seen Dame be the starter. But, you know, you watched the game last night between Dallas and Boston. Ooh, no one's going to say Luka Doncic doesn't deserve it after that. I'll tell you right now. Because that kid just has it. All right, let's get into Open of the Week. We'll hit the schedule, and we will call it a morning. We're recording at 
on this wonderful Wednesday morning, February 24th. Open the week very easy, Draymond Green. I want to talk about this for a little bit. So we all know Draymond Green is susceptible to the occasional technical foul. It happens. That's his M.O. That's just kind of the passion he plays with and, you know, how he aggravates the refs. It's not anything that surprises anybody. What surprises me is that he chose to do it at the worst possible time. When I think of Draymond Green, I think his basketball IQ is through the roof. You see all these videos of him coaching up the younger players on the team, especially James Wiseman, telling them what to do, what not to do. When he has the ball in his hand, for the most part, he makes the right pass or the right decision, gets the ball into you know, the guys who could score. Draymond's not the most talented guy. He's in the NBA because of his effort and because of his intelligence and his leadership. That's why the Warriors dynasty was so successful. He was the brains of the operation. But when you see your team's up by two, there's a jump ball, and you, you know, just have to go crazy about it and get double teed, and your team loses the game because of that. And he knew it. He owned up to it immediately after. Steve Kerr called him out on it, as he should have. It was kind of embarrassing. And I know a lot of people have opinions on Draymond Green. You could agree or disagree with how he acts on the court. But you can't argue his intelligence and how much he cares about his team. It's never a me-fest with Draymond Green. It's a we-fest. And I think that he is just way better than he proved in that game. And the Warriors, a team that's in the playoff conversation, they're not exactly where they need to be. They need to win a game against the Charlotte Hornets. And Draymond Green compromised it in the final seconds of that game. And it's going to cost them. It's bad. I mean, I just expect more from Draymond. A three-time NBA champion. A guy who's definitely been there before. And, uh, you know, to do it over a jump ball. uh, And then the, the foul after. It was just... Can't do that, Draymond. Absolutely not. It costs the team the game. And look, now as we sit here today, Golden State Warriors are in eighth place. I think they would like to be a bit better. Only two games over 500. Could have been four games over 500. Would be uh, the seventh seed rather than the eight over Denver. Makes a difference. And uh, it's a clear over the week for me. All right, looking at the schedule for today and tomorrow. Wednesday night, ESPN, two amazing games. I will put my bets on the Book It Sports app. A video will come. Golden State Warriors taking on the Indiana Pacers on ESPN. And following that, the Lakers against the Jazz. Man, it's going to be really interesting to see how the Lakers play the Jazz without Anthony Davis. I think that they're definitely going to get overpowered in the paint with Rudy Gobert. But it's going to be a defensive slugfest. I'll tell you that. I I don't see a ton of scoring in that one. Thursday night, TNT doubleheader, Mavericks Sixers. Last night on TNT, the Mavericks take it on Boston. That was an incredible game. Now they'll get another taste of the Eastern Conference. The top team being Philadelphia. And then after that, Pelicans Bucks. I've really been enjoying watching Zion Williamson play basketball, man. Watching the game on Sunday... Between the Celtics and the Pelicans, you know, watching Williamson and Tatum 
trade blows like a heavyweight bout at the end of the fourth quarter and then seeing Zion kind of take it over in overtime. It was incredible. You know, I, I thought I would get tired of the Zion love fest. I'm not at all. He is so much fun to watch. I love that he's in prime time. I love seeing him go up against these high octane teams and him against Giannis on Thursday night is going to be a show. I can't wait for it. Great week of hoops coming up. Last full week before the All-Star break. Going to have a podcast coming to you Friday. Appreciate y'all for tuning in. Talk to you next time.